across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Good morning, rock star agents. Get up and get going. Time to make some money. Shake off them that Super Bowl hangover and let's get going. Hey, I uh, hope everybody had a super weekend. Hope everybody's ready to have a great week ahead. All my real estate agents and real estate investors and real estate people and anybody interested in listening to real estate lifestyles. Thanks for tuning in. It's going to be a great, great week. I've got some great things for you guys to listen to this week. Uh, I can't wait to release them. Let me get to some housekeeping before that. I got, man, iTunes is blowing up. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. And I'm to 105 reviews and, you know, it was only two weeks ago. I think I was in the low 90s. So this this is really good. Uh, Vargas Insurance. I, l- I like these coming from people who aren't in real estate. Actually, I enjoy listening to Pat Hybin. He gets movers and shakers on the show. I'm not a real estate agent or in the real estate business, but network with many real estate professionals. I share what I learned from listening to Pat interview his guests with my real estate friends. Pat truly lives the lifestyle of generosity leads to reciprocity. Thanks, Pat. Well, obviously, Vargas Insurance, you reciprocated by uh, leaving me a five-star review. Thank you very much for that. I love listening. Thankful 1,000. New ideas every week. Well worth listening to and re-listening to. I'm finding out that people are actually going back, which is great. I think it's because there's some phenomenal content of going back and new listeners are going back and listening to the beginning episodes and, and listening through all 300, which is really, I think, brilliant because... You know, we've we've had some phenomenal guests on in the beginning. Lance Loken, who's been on bef- again, but if you look at like Mark Spain's interview, Lance Loken's interview, some of those are the Jills out of Miami who, you know, will will do three quarters of a billion dollars in real estate volume. Just these two ladies. I mean, the there, there's some incredible content in the past interview so i highly recommend you go back and you you start listening to some of these uh, older episodes as well as the new ones as they come out pick which ones and you and the cool part about it, you can go to hybendigital.com and you can type in stuff into the search bar like fizzbos or team building or whatever it is you want to type in you type it in and it'll show you episodes that that go to that you know a lot of people have done that with uh, Chris Suarez for open houses. Type in open houses, boom. He's got the best, one of the best ones for open houses. Anyways, Sleen for Life. Maybe Slim for Life, Sleen. Maybe that's the name, Sleen. Oh, here's his name. Hi. Hello, Pat. My name is Shelton Neffendorf with Keller Williams Realty in Fredericksburg, Texas. I've been licensed for two years come March and I am 23 years old. I am so grateful for your show and the advice you give and the successful realtors that you have on the show. The past year I've closed 22 units and I have a goal to triple that. Your show has definitely been a huge help. 
I look at you as a mentor and I love the new format. Looking forward to all of the episodes in 2016. My goal is to become a top producer and eventually a full-time investor. Smart, right? We do not want to be chasing Fizbos at 87 years old, guys. Your show is extremely inspiring and I am beyond grateful for all that you do for the real estate community. Pat, rock on and keep the good work. Thanks, Pat. Hey, well, thank you, Sleen. Uh, or Shelton, I appreciate it, buddy. Very good, very good. Thank and thanks for the five star review. Pat Hyben is a rock star. TJCH54, being a newer agent in the business, I don't ever miss an episode of Rock Stars. Yes, sir. I appreciate the practical questions Pat asks, which brings about informational I need to apply to my business and have success. If anyone is involved in any aspect of real estate, they're making a mistake by not listening to Pat's podcast. Thanks a ton, Pat. You are a true rock star. Thank you very much, TJCH54. Levi McDaniel. Nothing compares. A little Sinead O'Connor there, but he says, Nothing compares. This podcast is by far the best out there. I'm currently studying for my real estate license in Washington State. Every chance I get, I listen and I take notes. Very motivating to hear the stories, tips, and ideas. Thank you, Pat. I'm for great op- opportunity. Keep it up. Relevant, actionable content. S. Sakari. These podcasts have been a game changer for me. Every one of them has actionable content. It seems like that's a common theme. I never really thought about that word, actionable content. Maybe I should start using that. You know, tell the guests before they get on, listen, I need you to supply actionable content. Five things before you leave this half hour need to be actionable I, I like that because you know some people get on they start babbling to be honest with you and, I, and i'm thinking to myself you know what value is this i've actually had less than 10 but more than five episodes where i never played them because there wasn't any actionable content there was like well thanks for the cliches but i've heard them before and thanks for that story about nothing i agree with you and thanks for using that word of both of you guys today actionable content I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that. Very good, very good. And anyways, I constantly have the show on as I show property, as well as to and from the office. I listen to some episodes multiple times because there's so much value. Great job, Pat. Thank you for your service. One day I will be your partner. Let's do it, Escari. The Keenan Carter Group. Keenan Carter Group gave me a five star. When I go to the gym, I take Pat Ivan with me. That good. That's why I've been losing so much weight. Makes me want to work out more often. Thanks, Pat. Hey, man, that's awesome. You know, I guess if I was a drone and slow and boring, it wouldn't make you want to work out. It'd make you want to go to sleep. So I'm glad for that Keenan Carter group. Good luck to you. Thanks, guys. Very good. I really appreciate these five-star reviews. You know, the more, the more I get them, the, the better guests I can get on the show for you to listen to. I got... A cool thing that I hope is going to happen, I don't want to jinx it by saying it on the show, but at the GoBundance event that I just got back from in Lake Tahoe, you know, there was a silent auction for Tim Rhodes' charity, One Life Fully Lived. And it was a a half hour with Robert Kiyosaki. And so I I put a bid on it and I won it. So I'm going to get him on the show. And I think that'll be great. And and if you guys have any great questions um, for me to ask Robert Kiyosaki, I don't want to ask him questions that he is used to answering you know what i mean like the rich dad poor dad stuff castro quadra i mean if you read those books that's they're they're out there for 15 bucks you know i want to get some good stuff 
I'm going to ask him prediction where he predicts the market in 2016, 2017. If his philosophies reign true today as they did 20 years ago, you know, what asset class in real estate would, would he be buying today? Uh, what maybe what are his rules today for buying property and and, and and maybe get a tip, some actionable content on how to sell more real estate because he's a buyer. He still buys a lot of real estate from real estate agents. Anyway, so if, if you got any good ideas, please send them to me on Facebook. Pat Hyben and Patrick Hyben both are getting pretty full filled up, but I still got room on both of them. I'm going to have to open up Patrick Joseph Hyben. I know uh, Michael Mayer has Michael J. Mayer, Michael Joseph Mayer, Mike Mayer. Get 5,000 friends on each one. And I do repeat the same exact stuff that I do on Pat Hyben as in Patrick Hyben on Facebook. So, And that's the easiest, simplest way to, to find me and reach out to me and, and, and send me a direct email. So let me know. Also on our... On our pages, Six Steps to Seven Figures group and the Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars groups, put it on there. I mean, because then people can piggyback on it and they say, yeah, that's a good idea. Ask Robert this. Ask Robert that. Matter of fact, I'll go on air tonight and I'll put, uh, hey, as I mentioned on Monday, you know, what questions should I ask Kiyosaki? And so hopefully that will happen uh, in the near future. We'll see. A lot of, lot of great stuff going on. By the way, if you are a male who wants to surround yourself with peers, but also with peers who make more money than you and uh, have experience in real estate investing and and in uh, creating horizontal lines of income rather than vertical lines of income, meaning instead of making 5% more a year, 3% more a year, you're you know, adding two or three rental properties or two or three businesses or two or three things that are gonna pay you while you sleep. I have 54 currently. Check out www.gobundance.com. We uh, just finished meet. We had 188 guys there. It was phenomenal. Robert Herchevec from Shark Tank was there. Uh, we got some good, good big players looking at next year. We're looking to go to Whistler in Canada because, well, if you're in the U.S., quite frankly, you could you can go there for about 40% cheaper today than um, you could go to Lake Tahoe. So it's going to be a bargain if you like saving money and going to big events. Anyways, check that out. That's that's way in the future, but uh, it's another 11 months away, 10 month, uh, 12 months away, but something to think about. So today, I'm on the line with Tim Harris. He's from Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate University, or whatever the hell they call it. I mean, he he kind of was condescending in the beginning with me with talking about, uh, you said it wrong. <laughs> that's not the right word. He was uh, joking with me. Tim and I go way back, probably 20-some years ago, I was asked by a mentor of mine who many of you know, Howard Brinton, to to do a videotape for him for Remax on how to balance your life. And then I did a, a an audio tape, an audio CD for him. That was like 1999. Anyways, uh, a, a while ago, Howard has since passed on. But I met Tim through that group. Uh, we became friends. You know, he was like 22. I think I was like 26. Since then, we have lost all our hair. For a while there, he dyed it. I just shaved it off or my team shaved it off. And I think now we're both uh, shaving it off. So, or just letting it go. Because I, I guess after a while, you just, you know, you can't fight it. It's ridiculous. I tried. I tried to buy, you know, some hair tonic and all that crap. And he tried to dye it and... Anyways, to make a long story short, that's how long we've known each other. We have good good chemistry. 
Um, I like his ideas, very controversial ideas where he's not afraid to say something contrary to what a lot of real estate trainers will tell you. You can decide for yourself where you think Tim is right or wrong, but it makes a fascinating conversation. I mean, we couldn't get off the phone. We, we kept talking. We went well beyond our allotted time, but I didn't mean it because it was good stuff. I mean, I had to text the, my guest afterwards and be like, look, we are rolling here. I need to push you back. And what I had to actually do here is I have to break it up into two. So it's today and Wednesday, and we're going to talk about stuff that no other real estate podcast is talking about. You know, no other trainers out there are telling you about. It's really, really good quality intelligent conversation about real estate sales so without further ado let's get to the show because it is bombastic and i hope you like it and if you do find me on facebook and and talk wow that was a good one thanks pat try to have more like that or whatever i'm i, I want more interaction from you guys as in many places as i can i am pat hyben on instagram way up in followers close to like 1300 followers 1400 and uh, twitter at Pat Hyben. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you on Wednesday. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great returning guest today, Mr. Tim Harris from Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Institute, one of the premier coaching companies. Tim's been on the show before. He's had one of the most downloaded episodes we ever did because of its controversialness and i wanted to do another controversial episode with tim so we brainstormed some ideas and we've got some for you and we're gonna let her rip so without further ado tim welcome back uh thank you and dude that introduction was a train wreck I mean, what? Are, are you okay? <laughs> Jesus. It's Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. You can find us at timandjulieharris.com. I've known you for 20 years. You forget our names? Come on, man. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Buddy. That's okay. Uh, We're good. All right. Good, good. Well, I wanted you to repeat it anyway, so I did that on Yeah. Purpose. Oh, I see. You were setting me up. It used to be like the Institute, didn't it? Uh, well, Harris Real Estate, well, here's the thing. Yeah, we used to call it Harris Real It still is. A lot of people still refer to it as Harris Real Estate University. But nobody called it that. Everybody called it Tim and Julie Harris. So, like, you know, why bother? What If, if everyone is calling it one thing, why should we try to convince them to call it another thing? So they're using our name, so we just kind of switch back. It's fine. It's not as... I, I think it's a little bit more folksy, which probably a lot of people like, using our names. Yeah, it's more personable. Right. So, so why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your company, Tim, and yourself, uh, so they can get to know you better. Oh, that sounds terrible when you have your guests do their own bio, Pat. Jesus. Come on, man. Makes it sound like I'm bragging. <laughs> well, you, I, I just did. I, I just did try to do something for you, and you, you slammed me down like a sumo wrestler. Well, let's get to our points. These guys, these guys will get. These guys will get to know me along the way. If they don't know us already, anyway, Tim, Tim yeah. knows what he's talking about. He's he's been in the real estate game a long, long time. I met him decades ago, and and we've risen together. And it's been a it's been a fun ride. And Tim's a mentor of mine and a friend. And I look forward to having him on the show here today. And what we decided to talk about today is. You know, I had a statement that I made, and, and Tim backed me up and said, yes, Pat, I agree with that 100%. And, and this is a statement, and again, it's controversial, but it, uh, I believe it to be true, and that is this. 
Most real estate agent teams lie about their net profit. So with that statement, I'm going to let Tim take over. Well, yeah, that's true. It's what we talked about on the last time you had me on your show, and it, it certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. I hope first to suggest the word lie is not necessarily an intentional lie. I think a lot of times top producing agents or let's say agents selling lots of units and have teams, they have followed their interpretation of what it takes to build a successful real estate practice and no one ever really slowed down to tell them that um, you know profit has to come first. In other words, a lot of agents are following you said it yesterday, Pat, when you and I were talking. You said a lot of people have bastardized you know, the MRE, you know, millionaire real estate investor. And the truth is a lot of people have bastardized a lot of what should have been, um, I think, practical business thinking. In other words, they don't put profit first. So, a lot, you know, the, the myth is that you build this big team, you sell a lot of units, you sell, do a lot of volume, and then the profit will come. And, and Pat and I, I you know, Pat, you and I have known, I don't know, thousands of people that have followed that Pat. Back, back when Pat and I used to, uh, when we first met, he had this big blonde fro and this long hippie beard and used to wear tie-dye and flip-flop. Was that you? Or am I remembering somebody else? <laughs> I think that's <laughs> Owen Wilson, but, you know, oh, I'll take it. Okay, you know. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool, yeah. Real laid-back personality. <laughs> so we, um, back then, teams were just getting started. This was back in the 90s. And people, and the original teams that got started were uh, mostly being put together by folks that were in their 50s and 60s who had been top-producing agents who were reprioritizing their lives around, you know, non-work activities. And so you saw and when, you know, we met Art Britton, and there's, that's where the team thing really started to take hold. You had some folks that say, well, I've had an assistant here and an assistant there, and I'm giving these fancy names. And, you know, that's really where the idea really started to take hold in the industry. But what happened over time is that um, – the idea has gotten really bastardized, and no one ever actually stopped to say, hey, guess what? When you do all this hiring out, when you do all this delegating, when you do all this you know, scaling of your real estate practice, if you want to call it that, you will essentially have a dramatically reduced profit. And, and so from tens of thousands of coaching calls, um, conversations like this, here, here's really, and Pat, you can back me up on this, because I know you'll tell the truth. You're not afraid of you know, pissing people off, but this is the truth. Most top-producing agents assuming they know their numbers at all, before personal taxes will make between 15 and 18% net. So a top-producing agent, let's say, who makes a million dollars, his team makes a million dollars or her team makes a million in commission, will generally speaking make less and sometimes pretty significantly less than $200,000 um, you know, to them. And that's before taxes. Now, if you look at, say, for example, another agent, same agent, same market, um, you know, making $300,000 a year, a total, let's say that's an agent and maybe an assistant and a half. They have somebody that's helping with transactions and marketing, and they have somebody that's pounding signs. So that agent does, let's say, 300000 in, in, in revenue, um, but their net is actually the same as the person doing a million. Now, some of you are going to say, and I understand this, and I sympathize with you for believing this. Believe me, I know you've been, a lot of you have been told that this is the way it actually happens, but it's not true, and to use password, it's a lie. Well, you know, Tim, I have a team. I have, you know, all these buyer's agents. I have all this. I have all that. The all the other. By the way, Pat and I both had teams, and so Pat and I are speaking from experience. This is not theory. Um, you know, I have all these other people working for me, and that means that I can sit on the beach and pick lint out of my toes, and I have somebody, and I just get checks in the mail or wire transfers. Well, that's not how it works either, because here's a little, you know, 
<laughs> debunking this myth, yes, before you were having to spend time working with buyers and sellers, hopefully primarily sellers. But now you're having to spend time occasionally working with buyers or sellers, but now you're in essence running an adult daycare where you're having to manage your team. In many cases, if not most cases, you're going to spend more of your actual time managing the team than you did working with the buyers, or seller, buyers and sellers, assuming your business wasn't primarily focused on listings. So that is a real paradigm shift. And so when we first said this, when we, Julie and I have been saying this in our, you know, we've been preaching this from the highest mountain ever since we've started coaching agents, really, when we figured it out from our own bad experience. You know, we've been saying this for, what, 15 years now, 12 years from now, and we always have, this is the least receptive message that we can be putting out there because it's like we're, you know, it's like we're talking down somebody's religion, but we're not. All we're asking you to do is ask yourself, and Pat, I'm sorry for rambling, but ask yourself, what is the true intent of your business? You know, what is it that you're trying to produce in your business? If I, Pat and I are standing in front of your you know, a, broker, a regional thing, right? And we have 10,000 agents in front of us. And Pat and I asked the question, simple question, agents in the audience, what is your product? What is it that you produce as a real estate practitioner? And here is what we're going to hear. I, happy customers, sold houses. You know, you're going to say all these wonderful, true things that is part of what you produce. You're going to say maybe, you're going to say past clients. You're going to say all those types of touchy-feely things primarily. That's what a lot of you are going to say. You know, and then we might hear a lone voice, usually in the back of the room, that will say, my product is profit. And that will be one of our coaching clients, by the way. And that is the truth. Because if your business is not producing a profit substantial enough for you to reinvest that into things that create passive wealth for you, you will never be financially free and you'll never be financially independent. And then I'll, I would go as far as to say, if all you're doing is passing money through, and if you're not actually building wealth from all the time you're spending in your practice, what is the point? Why are you doing it? Okay, so, so I am with you so far. So what do you have to say, Tim, to the person that then says, Tim, listen, I know I can get a 35, 40% profit if I have a highly involved team, if I'm doing most of the listings, you know, that sort of thing. If I cherry pick some of the uh, million dollar buyer here and there or what have you. But my goal is to build this team that runs on its own so I can pick lint out of my toes. But instead of picking lint out of my toes, what I'm going to do with the free time is I'm going to build other streams of income that pay me in addition to my team. How, because, do, you, dude, how do you respond it, to that? Right. And that, again, is the convention. It, I don't fault that thinking. I, I honestly don't. Just go into it knowing that your profit from your primary source of revenue is going to be substantially less than if you were to have done it yourself. You know, I honestly don't fault people being entrepreneurs. With, and that's one of the things, Pat, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching the, from the book of real estate, but this, is, this industry is such a blessing, and it really does attract some really brilliant entrepreneurs. And most of the people that I think at this level, Pat, that we come across, they probably could be successful in doing anything they put their minds to. They just have that sort of 1% secret sauce that makes it so they'll be successful whatever they put their minds to. I, I, I Hopefully you've come across a lot of folks like that in your you know, crossings in the bowling road, all the great things you do in the industry. I'm sure you have. Well, here's the thing. They probably can spin off and create other businesses, and they could become fabulously wealthy and all those great things. But for the vast majority of people, 
it's too much risk. If your goal is to basically produce income that you can then take and you know has a profit, and then you can uh, reinvest in things that will be producing passive income for you, uh, real estate being my favorite, obviously, then you can then build wealth quickly, and you can have pass truly passive money coming from it coming in. Now, what gets people to, to go down the path that uh, that Pat just laid out? Because they believe that real estate practices. Um, are sellable, and they're not. They're not sellable, and there might be okay, a so few me, occasions. So let me. Yes. I, I want to talk about that. Though, so that's great, but uh, just to be concise here, what what you're saying, Tim, is that if you have a team of thirty people, right, and you're doing say three million dollars GCI, and you're getting fifteen percent, which is four hundred fifty grand, is that admirable or no? Well, I think it is. Yeah, but you know, sure. But you, is but, there too but, much risk yeah. in that is the question. Is there well, too Pat, much risk in having a team of 30 people? Or would you say, bonsai, that's great. You're at the pinnacle. You're make, or, you know, if you can make 450 and not have to work hard, kudos. What's your thought? Because you still work hard. Pat, come on. You're, I know you're asking the questions just because we're trying to provide information to the readers. But you've done this. You had one of the biggest teams in the nation. You were in two different locations. You guys were doing massive amounts of transactions. You know, and I know you have, like, presidents and managers in place. So I know you and I are preaching from the same side of the pulpit here. But, yeah, I mean, if you can basically, if you want to have that as your goal, exactly what Pat just said, sure, that's an admirable goal. We'll go for it. But I'll challenge you to reconsider that you could actually have the same net if you basically did a third in revenue. Look at the top producing agents in the country. For the most part, they do not have teams anymore. I'm thinking about, the, you know, Jade, oh, I wish I could remember her name all of a sudden. I'll have to Google it while I'm on the call with you. Um, the, the, like, she's, a, I think, Prudential's top agent, and then you look at the number one agent in uh, New York City, you look at the number one agent just across the country. They all have certain things in common, okay? What are the things that they have in common? They're primarily focused on being listing agents. You know, buyers are a byproduct that maybe they work with and maybe they don't. So they're primarily focused on being listing agents, and they do not have teams. Matter of fact, when you're, and you've had this on your radio show before, when you, you're dealing with the true top dogs, the guys that are selling, like the number one guy in New York that has, I forget how many units he did, just an amazing amount of real estate. Um, and, you, and you speak with folks like that, and you ask them about teams. Why don't you have a team? Now, the answer is because customers don't want teams anymore. Customers want to feel like they're working directly with me. Oh, Tim, that means I can't delegate things. I'm going to be working 24 hours a day. Here's how it works. Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, I do have two or three folks that work for me. They're my assistants, but I want you to be clear that I delegate stuff to them so that when you're calling my office and you need help, you work directly with me. I work between 9 and 5 during work days, and if you need to get hold of me after hours or on the weekends, leave a message and I'll call you back during normal working hours. And that's how we work. Now, is that a realistic thing that I just said? It is. How do I know? Because obviously thousands of top producing agents are using that model. You have to be primarily a listing agent to create the leverage to be able to have a business like that. So that, that's kind of like, again, we're throwing little, hopefully we're throwing little pebbles out there and some of these, guys, some of these ideas are resonating with you guys. If you're not creating a profit, you won't have enough money to reinvest. Like I'll, I'll venture a guess, Pat, that the guy who you just described making $3 million in revenue, or 450000 a year uh, before personal taxes, after you factor in his lifestyle expenses, he probably, if he's lucky, has less than $100,000 to invest. Probably. I mean, you're looking at, he's probably spending thirty grand a month in personal I'm just making this up. But yeah, if you're doing that, 
sort of volume, you you've got an image to uphold. I mean, I'll never yep. forget when I when I was doing five million GCI, people were constantly telling me, "When are you going to move? Why don't you should be living in a much bigger house?" <laughs> constantly, I heard that. I heard that once a month at least. Well, I mean, you remember so Howard Britton, who Pat and I dearly loved, that great, wonderful, you know, absolutely inspirational guy. He used to do these star retreats. And, and Pat and I became friends back before the whole star thing blew up. It was back when there was like less than 50 stars. So you'd go to these star retreats. They happened in January or December, I don't remember. Invite only. And what was hilarious is that, you know, here are Julie and I from Ohio, you know, selling our 100 to 200 homes per year. And we'd go there and we run into people that flew in on their personal jets. You know, I remember standing in line, checking into the Ritz-Carlton, paying some ridiculous amount for us at the time because we were just in our 20s, you know, for to stay there. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I won't say his name because he ended up having some financial problems, um, but you'll know who this is anyway as I describe him. He had this Rolex on that probably at the time was like five times more than my net worth was at the time. <laughs> and we were standing there in line checking into the Ritz-Carlton. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, I really want to be like these guys one of these days. I want to fly in my own personal jets. But over time, what I learned and what I want all of you guys to just at least consider is that generally speaking, you know, in this, and Pat, back me up on this, most of those people had no net worth. And when the economy slowed down, they, they became unraveled. They, a lot of them had huge financial problems, bankruptcies, things of that nature. So we can learn. Most That's the them. blessing. Most, Most of, them, of them. Most of them, Tim. I mean, and, and a lot of them are still out there hustling in their 70s. A lot of the people we met then are out there hustling, you know, on listing appointments today, which, you know, I mean, might be yeah. by choice. But I think what we're saying is shouldn't be by choice and and the goal is obviously to save as much as possible by reducing you know making your net as high as possible and then the question then becomes how do you do that and you have a saying delegate don't abdicate which ties into that what does that mean well okay so let's talk about what the modern perfect uh like you don't need a big team like when pat and i were coming up Pat, do you remember when the internet actually first started happening, like ninety six, ninety seven? Do you remember when people were talking about URLs when you bought pat-hyphen.com? Pat yeah, you were like revolutionary. I mean, Gary you know, Shade, Shades Landing. Remember that everybody? Had oh my that. God, I do, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I totally everybody do. ran out and got that, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that guy. But I remember also he was trying to own the URLs, right? And wasn't he not like you'd yeah, buy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would buy them and hold on to them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, in any event, nowadays you have so many wonderful things that you can learn to leverage. You don't need a bunch of staff. And the reality of it is is that if you are a powerful listing agent, you are following uh, you know, a daily minimum standards of three to five things and following a schedule, just really running yourself like a business person, not working weekends, not working the holidays, um, you can then have, and this is when you have, let's say, 50, 75 units per year, Maybe fewer. It depends on your price range. And then you can add an assistant to handle transactions. But let's be honest, in a lot of markets, California, there's not a lot of transaction management necessary because the escrow company does it or the title company if you're from the Midwest. So you don't need to have these big staffs. It's easy to fool yourself when you go to these big real estate conferences and you know Johnny Big Shot's sitting on stage. And, you know, in the audience are 47 buyer agents that he brought along with him. It's easy to feel intimidated or less than. Don't feel that way. 
because what Pat and I have lived, what we've seen, what we want you guys just to be okay with understanding is if your goal is to make profit, the mindset and the approach to the business is substantially different than following what Johnny Big Shot does. Pat, is that true or false? It's true, and I wish there were a, an awards banquet based on tax returns. What is your adjusted gross? What is your EBITDA? You know, what is your, what, what is your bottom line number that we can all compare? Because at the end of the day, Tim, tell me if I'm wrong. When people say to you, oh, well, you know, my adjusted gross income on my federal tax return is thrown off because I throw all kinds of stuff into the soup. I, I write off all kinds of stuff. Now, at the end of the day, what is quote unquote all kinds of stuff? I mean, it, you have to spend it to write it off. So you can't just write off arbitrary stuff. So how much can you actually spend of stuff, meaning, you know, flying first class instead of flying coach to a conference or maybe writing off a trip that really wasn't real estate related or writing off clothes or writing off food. At the end of the day, you're only going to have a hundred grand maybe of BS stuff that you can put down on your tax returns and try to get away with the IRS, right? I mean, you're not going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of gray, for lack of a better word, write-offs, correct? Well, so what you're saying is the top producing, you know, uh, you know, Big John Joe does tons of transactions. You're saying when he says, when confronted with the net versus gross question, uh, he's saying, well, you know, I only report. 18, 15%. Right. I write off all kinds of things. I write off all kinds of things. Yeah, they always say that. No, you don't. Not unless you want to go to federal pen. To federal pen. Right, right. And there's <laughs> you, only so you much know. stuff you can write off, right? Yeah. What's he writing off? Like but so, listen, you know. Pat, let's say you and I are back and we're, we're kids again, right? You have your big blonde fro and we're in our 20s and, you know, you're sitting around. And we came and we are one of these guys that are listening to one of these, you know, big guys telling their, telling their tall tales about their big teams. Would you and I have been smart enough in the 20s to cut through their BS and know that they weren't making any profit? I mean, I wasn't smart enough to, to know that in the 20s. I had to learn it by getting to know a lot of the hard people, <laughs> by shadowing them, by having coaches, by running into really incredible people that were, t were, were willing to tell me the truth. But, Pat, it was a minority of people that were focused on profit and building wealth. Most people in this industry... Their, uh, how do I say it, their payoff isn't the payoff in terms of money. Their payoff is going to the big conference, being up on stage, being called a top producer, getting the plaques, getting the awards, having people think they're Mr. Big Shot. That literally has become their currency, and that's all you go, obviously. But if that's what you're doing, and you're doing it consciously, if you're saying, like I was uh, interviewing um, Frederick, right, from a million, uh, million Dollar Listing New York right, or whatever right, it is, yes. right? Great, great guy, okay? I really enjoyed that interview on our radio show. So I'm interviewing him, and he actually said, unprompted, that I, I'm 100% about ego. <laughs> I'm just doing this for my ego. <laughs> I thought that was awesome because that's something that most agents are never introspective enough to believe. So that tells you, and he admitted this, that his business partner is the one that watches the books and makes sure they're not making decisions based on ego versus based on profit. But, you know, Make a decision that if you're going to get into this business, have a specific idea that in a very short while you'll be debt-free, number one, including your house. Number two, that you're going to basically have the profits from your business. I said profits from your business. 
and you know, and position yourself to start reinvesting in those things that will produce enough passive income so that your personal overhead is covered. So those are three specific financial goals for all of you. Because once you do that, by definition, please, guys, internalize this. Never forget this because you're going to feel fantastic when you get it. By definition, once you have passive income coming in, that you no longer have to work for. I know the top producers, some of the big you know, Joes out there are saying to themselves, I have my team that produces that income. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean passive, paid off rental properties, uh, things of that nature. When that triple net leases, when you have that kind of money coming in, sufficient to at least cover your personal overhead, you by the very definition of the word are rich. So write this down, everyone. Rich is when your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. This is awesome. This is awesome. So we're going to play a game here, Tim. I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to play a game called Profits or Ego. Oh, boy. Okay? And I'm going to throw out a word, and you're just going to word association me, okay? Profits or Ego. Ready? Oh, boy. Okay. Print advertising. Ego. Zillow. Uh, I mean, buying leads? I would say... Uh, stupid, if you want to know the truth, stupid would be the word I'd put there. Could you say, hey, you know, I'm spending this, but I'm making profits on it? So, uh, you know. Well, I would, so that comes up all the time. Sorry to ruin your game here. Yeah, no, no. But no. when We're gonna agents, who bought, agents who have buyer's agents teams, and they buy buyer leads, and Pat, you've drilled down on this yourself, I know, and they buy buyer leads, and they delegate those buyer leads to their buyer's agents, um, and they so often think because they're making money in exchange, they never actually slow down to figure out what they're truly paying for that buyer lead in the first place and what the actual cost per closed transaction is and then the actual profit per closed buyer transaction. Okay? They don't do profit and loss statements on the buyer side transactions that they're doing when they delegate them. In most cases, unless your average sale price is really high, you are making no profit or even losing money. Um, I have had probably 20 top producing agents conversations um, that were thinking about joining our coaching program in the last, say, 60 days. Had buyer agents. Uh, had that conversation with them and had them do the math as their homework. And I think one swore he was making transactions, profits off transactions, but Pat, he wasn't doing it from the commission. He was doing it because he was charging a $500 processing fee. That's the only way he was making profit off those bought buyer transactions. So if I had said the word buyer agents... In this game, you would say? Um, it, I would say it depends, ego. truthfully. Well, I would say primarily ego, but so, okay, let's make that practical. If you have a buyer, uh, again, I like what Pat said at the start, right? If you have a cherry sweet, perfect buyer for a great price range, you work that one, baby. Profit. And even our, right, even our top, right, even our top producing agents, the guys that are making millions and millions okay, so of dollars per let, year. Let's say this. We tell them always to have three to five great buyers in their, in their portfolio, but they have to be great buyers. Go ahead. Sorry. So working leads where the commission is under five grand or working, uh, working buyer leads where the commission is under five grand? Uh, bro, in most of the country, that's the case. You don't have a choice. Profits are The average sale price. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're delegating a $200,000 buyer where the total commission is going to be $6,000, and after your blended expenses where you're making no money or virtually no money, it's obviously ego. Mercedes-Benz. Oh, I'm a car guy. That's absolutely necessary. You always have to have nice cars. Are you kidding me? Ego. <laughs> ego! High, high, high C bookkeeper. Profit or ego? Profit, definitely. An ISA. Um, depends. 
on the individual. What do you mean? Depends on the situation. Well, okay, so your average sale price when you were selling real estate full-time, Pat, was what, 450 grand, right? I mean, you, it depends. I just sold for 20-some years, but it, it was Well, so, year, yes. so some, of these, some of these questions, they're individual answers. So if you're in a market where your average sale price is high enough, and you're going to start throwing around Keller Williams terms, by the way. You know, not all of our listeners, I hope, are Keller Williams agents. God bless Keller Williams. I, you know, some of my favorite coaching clients are Keller Williams agents. But none of them will know what ISA means, so you better explain that. Inside sales associate. An inside sales associate is someone who's, who's basically, you know, catching the, the leads as they come in, closing them, and turning them over to a buyer agent. Okay, a leads coordinator. Um, I, I would say, again, it probably depends, but what we coach all of our top producing agents to do is that's being one of the most important things that they should do is be pre-qualifying all the leads themselves. Again, if you're primarily a listing agent, um, and you're not buying buyer leads, it's a very manageable task. Nobody will ever be as good at managing leads as you are. No one will ever be as good at pre-qualifying leads. And most leads that come in as buyer leads actually have houses to sell, and you will be more effective at pulling those out than anybody you try to hire. So I, here, here. So, Go ahead. So, so I think everybody gets the point, and, and at the end of the day, we really need to think about and what I'm doing. Is this for ego or is this for profit? I mean, do you have a way, Tim, a question that they could ask themselves to answer that question? Well, first of all, you have to understand what ego is, okay? You have to really understand what ego is. You know, ego, the sort of Western interpretation of what the word means, is different than what it truly is. Like, so let's look at the word uh, fear, okay? Um, so when you feel fear, Pat, okay, is it, it, like ego is fear. Fear is ego because real fear doesn't exist in most of our lives. Fear, the feeling you have, the chemical reaction you have uh, when you're nervous, when you're scared, sometimes it's, it's a manifestation of ego. It, this, is a, this is a totally different conversation, but, but here's, here's the real bottom line. Let me make this practical, okay? So let's say, for example, you know, someone's listening right now, and their goal is to make a million dollars per year, and let's keep the math easy for my sake because I was an English major. Let's say their average commission is $10,000. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. Ten grand. Okay. okay. All right. And let's like what we're saying. They've always suspected this dogma in the real estate industry was a little bit mythical. Let's assume that they really want to know a clear-cut way to make a million dollars per year and their average commission is $10,000. Here it is. Pay attention. This is about as honest and as simple as it gets. And Pat, I welcome the challenge. In most markets in the country, if you had, and so to make a million dollars a year, Pat, how many units would you have to sell per month if your average commission was $10,000? You have to sell 100. A month, dude. Eight. Right. $80,000 $80, times $12, $960,000. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you'd have to sell eight houses. Okay. Yeah. Roughly, right? 96. Who cares? This is, this is gross revenue. This is before paying anything. But just want to break this down for you. So, Pat, help me understand. In most markets, if you had, say, 10 listings, you would realistically have, in most markets, probably two or three uh, sales per month. They would just sell organically at the MLS, assuming they were priced correctly, conditioned correctly. Can we agree to that? So 20 to 30 percent? Would it actually sell and settle? If you had 10 listings, three would settle and pay you? Is that what you're saying? Roughly. I don't know. I think I would say five. I mean, I would well, say three. Okay, let's say we'll say five. We'll say I, I sold real estate in Columbus. The market was always I mean, slow. Maybe in so, the year you list it, 
meaning list it in this in one year and sell and settle in the same year because you're going to have some carry over to the next year every single year it might be four three good lord you are getting analytical on this man. Right, go three simple right, go, oh my holy wow Go you want to break it down? You want, you want to send me a spreadsheet so I can understand what you're saying? Wow. Three's kind of mean, I think. I mean, I, I, I think you would sell at least half. Okay. All right. Let's, again, with the idea of giving these guys something practical they can sink their teeth, teeth in and feel motivated and excited about. A realistic goal. Is it a realistic goal for most agents to have 15 listings at all times, yes or no? It's a realistic goal. Do most with agents skill, have 15 listings? Absolutely. To have that. To have the goal of having 15 listings at all times. If you're talking it's to an goal, agent, yes. yeah. okay, Good thank goal. you. So with, with discipline and with the skill set and with some accountability, most agents in the country, most even part-time agents in the country, ooh, I just said another word that's going to be like a swear word in the real estate industry, but it's true. Most agents with a focused you approach primarily, right, could get to 15 listings and maintain 15 listings at all times. Let me explain. Once you had 15 listings at all times and your average commission was $10,000, Pat, would you agree that on average, given your ratio of 50%, you'd have approximately seven or eight of those sell per month, true or false? You would have out of 50, yes, correct. Okay, so if you have, let's say, making it easy, if you had eight listings, you have 15 listings at all times, at some stage, there, you, know, you, you end up with 96 closings at the end of the year, Back to Pat's analytical point there, but in essence, you're making $80,000 a month, which is $960,000 a year. Okay, I'm going to break that down again. And again, it depends on your market. Pat was trying to say that in most markets, stuff is selling quicker, and that's true. I was just trying to be more conservative. So if you had most of you listening right now can achieve the goal of having 15 listings at all times, it might take you three or four months, but you can do it. I swear you can do it. It's not that difficult. Don't believe that it is. You can do it. If you don't believe me, go back 30 days, count how many expires there were, especially over the change of the year, and you will find that in most market there weren't hundreds, there were thousands. Okay? And how many of those did you need to, uh, need to have in order to have a terrific year? Not that many. So your first goal should be learning, adapting, and accepting the fact that being a listing agent is the only way to, you know, listing agents always have been and always will be where the real money is in this industry. So get to 15 listings or whatever we call it your magic number is. In markets like where Julie and I sold, the number was probably more like 30. In Southern California, where stuff sells fast and the average sale price, like in Laguna Beach, is $1.7 your magic number might only be three or five. It's all dependent on you and your market. So let's say 15. Most of you can get to 15 listings with a focused approach in, let's say, 120 days. It will be a lot of work learning how to do it in the next 120 days, but you can do it. And then what happens is that those 15 listings, along the way, some of them will sell, then you'll have to replace them. But once you get to your, you know, 15 listings, that's what Julie and I call cruising altitude, at that point, what you do is you focus your energies on replacing the ones that sell, but look what you've done. You've created a consistent income for yourself. You've created a real business. You have inventory that other agents are out there selling. You don't have to work with buyers if you choose not to, though we suggest you always have a few, you know, hand-picked cherry buyers in your back pocket, like Pat said. You don't have to do a lot of the crazy ego stuff that sucks away your net profit. You don't have to be seeing your credit card statement being sucked dry from Zillow and Realtor.com even and all these other sources because you know how to self-generate listings because you had a plan to follow to get to 15 listings, whatever your magic number is at all times, 
And you know once those are priced correctly and you put them in the MLS, you have systems put in place to, to make those sellers happy while you have the property listed. After the property is in contract and closing, you have a system in place. And your whole life is about getting to 15 listings in the next 120 days and then replacing the ones that sell. I promise every single one of you, if you can just allow yourself to imagine that is the truth and you can get there, you will make more money quicker than any other business model that's out there in this industry. No questions asked. Do you want to challenge me on that, Mr. Hyben? <laughs> Not at all. And I think what Tim is saying is if you only focused on listings and put everything else aside, forget about buyer leads, forget about building a team for now, forget about everything and just hyper-focus, make your one thing your zone every day, get more listings, get to 15 listings, nothing else will matter. Everything else will fall into place. Don't even pick up buyers unless they're above a certain high commission, and it'll all come together. Is that kind of what you're saying, Tim? That's exactly what I'm saying. And you will get buyer leads. Okay, when you're doing your own pre-qualifying, well, you will get... Obviously, you're going to get a ton because you have 15 and, listings. They're going to be millions of calls. Yeah, dude, but refer those things out, right? You take those buyer leads and you refer to that agent in your office that you know loves, 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 loves working with buyers, has no interest ever being a listing agent, and you refer that buyer lead out. Well, Tim, I'll lose contact and I'll be their past client in mine. If you're really worried about that, what you can do is under, have an understanding with the agents you're referring those buyer leads out to for 25 or 35 or 40% referral fee. You can have an agreement that once that buyer is in contract that your uh, assistant will be the one closing that transaction so that relationship stays with you post-closing. Personally, I wouldn't worry about that. I would just take the referral fee with a smile and I wouldn't care because I'm focused on listing agents, but you know, on, on getting listings, but you know, there's how you handle your buyer leads. I'm not saying to blow up. I'm not telling you to blow off your lead follow-up. I'm not telling you to blow off the buyers. I'm telling you to call all the buyers back and pre-qualify them, find out if they have houses to sell. If they don't, then consider referring them off. And then focus all your best energies on being the world's best listing agent. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.